Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. You can follow the Comic Book Characters podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash pod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle cbcharacters, and you can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. comic book fans welcome to a new episode of comic book characters this week we're talking casting news including an interesting choice to play a character in the upcoming doctor strange movie and we finally know who will be playing the punisher and what show he'll be on on netflix we'll also delve into the all new all different marvel relaunch and where it leaves iron man and finally it's time to look into the future and see what kind of comic book inspired television shows are coming down the pike Welcome to a new episode of Comic Book Characters. Of everything that came before, but there she was behind the door. Let's do it. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a new episode of Comic Book Characters, the top, maybe, comic book podcast in the world? Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Let's just go with it. Um, Got to be honest with you guys, uh, this last week, kind of bummed out, just not wondering, you know, just wondering, like, where's this show going? Like, you know, what, what what's going to happen with us? You know, is the comic book universe behind us? Is the CBC universe there to support us and uh just before i was ready to pull the plug i got a message i got a message from a guy who uh sent me a little motivational speech goes by the name of sl and uh you know what picked up my spirits and uh kind of want to share it with you guys too because i think it's i think it's gonna inspire a lot of people do it just do it don't let your dreams be dreams Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it. Make your dreams come true. Just do it. Some people dream of success while you're going to wake up and work hard at it. Nothing is impossible. You should get to the point where anyone else would quit, and you're not going to stop there. No, what are you waiting for? Do it. Just do it. Do it! Yes, you can! Just do it! If you're tired of starting over, stop giving up. There you go, guys. Stop giving up. Um, I don't know about you guys, but after listening to that, I am just like ready to run through a fucking brick wall. And joining me as always, the amazing, astounding, I'm going to still keep going with it, alluring... Friendly neighborhood podcaster Alfred, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Uh, Are you pumped? I am pumped, ready to go. I like I've said before. I love the fan interaction with this show. Uh, I still don't know who that know, was. I just he SL, just went by the initials. Thank SL, you, so. wherever you are out there, uh, bringing us back from the brink, and you know. I just think it's uh it is it's time to do it. 
Don't let our dreams be dreams. Don't let the dreams just be dreams. Don't let the dreams just be dreams. Just do it. Um, I feel like he was a, he was a little late on that though, because I, I believe Nike uh, might have might uh, lay claim to that saying. That yeah. Uh, well, I you know I think um, I'm loving it was uh, you know. It was, it was also taken. Probably also taken. Uh, anyway, uh, man, uh, how are things going over there in Texas? Uh, it's hot as balls. So it's all right, tell, really hot. Tell our listeners what you've been doing for the last last couple <laughs> days, last couple hours, because uh, uh, it, uh, yeah, it sounds pretty so, terrible. Yeah, for the last, my family is going to be having a yard sale uh, this weekend, and um, you know they have a lot of stuff. They have a lot of stuff they want to get rid of. It's great. I'm all about decluttering. But um, I've been you know been going out every morning trying to help with that and getting up like at eight eight thirty hoping that it's not already a hundred degrees and that's <laughs> right. that's never the case it's always at least like one oh two by the time I'm out there that's incredible uh, and it man. just gets hotter it's just freaking hot I'm you know you're out there for like thirty minutes and it it feels like you were in a sauna for like two hours it's insane I always found it's, in the summertime the heat to be the worst actually kind of almost like later late afternoon like three four oh, yeah. five like so uh, it's probably a good what? thing that you're getting out yeah. there as early as you are even though it's still hot as shit compared it's still hot i mean it is it's a little bit more shady i guess but like it's still hot as, as ball. it's just so fucking hot man it's really hot yeah I, if it sounds like i'm li- laboring the point it's because it's that hot it's a it's oppressive yeah no it's unless unless heat. you spend some time in texas or some of the southwest uh you don't really know what you're talking about. People up here in Boston, like they they start complaining about the heat when it's like high eighties, and I just I can't uh, help but just roll my eyes. Like you guys, you have no fucking clue how good you have it up here. I will say though that the heat is a little different uh, because when I lived in Texas, I never understood why people would always talk about the dry heat, wherever the hell that was. To me, yeah, it still heat. seemed humid as shit. But uh, I guess there is a difference because up here, you're right the, on the water. Yep, I mean. even though the temperatures. Uh, not as high it does get like super humid and that sucks swampy like, oh swampy and like your clothes get that stick swamp to you. ass yeah a little bit of swamp and you feel like you gotta take like three showers a day like it's it's uh, yeah i've been i've been averaging for the last four days i've been averaging two showers a day i mean it's it's just it's oh. been that hot so wow. um you know i was just thinking you know human torch from the fantastic four uh johnny storm is you know he lives in new york i wonder how his fire ability would translate to somewhere like you know texas like would he just get hotter would he be like all right you know this is too hot like would this would the well, sun make him hotter than he already is i mean he's already surrounded by i mean he is flames right yeah he's is fire. he the flames or is it the fire does the fire surround his body well he can oh, he controls man. the flames right but, yeah or is it like but, is it like but uh can, yeah is it like he's, he a, he's is he the lighter and the flames are just coming out of him? You know what I mean? Yeah, or the, like, fl- the fire. Yeah, that like the, yes, I think that the fire is coming out of him. Okay, so he's already hot as shit, dude. I mean, I don't think, I, I mean, that fire he's feeling is way hotter than a hundred degrees. So I can't imagine it. It really matters what climate he's in. Okay, fair enough. I yeah, that's a good point. You know, that's our you what's who, what is our version of like the cave fabe question. Like there should be a comic book version of that, right? Where it's like the question of the week, where we actually talk about, like, I guess it, you know, looking at something through through the lens of if it were real, and trying to like figure out how that would trying work. trying to figure out what the logistics behind it are. We need a name for that. 
That's a great idea. It's too bad we weren't smart enough to think of it before recording so that we had a name for it. <laughs> we'll tack on a name. It'll be like really crude. Like, oh, yeah. well, I don't I, I always don't want to say because if it's we already have a couple of other things. That's right. And I don't know if you want to use this for something else, but I kind of think it would work. That's what is it? But I don't, but if I say it out loud, you're gonna be like, no, I want to use that for something else. <laughs> All right, you know what? Let's 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 keep it. Let's keep it in the uh, in the lockbox. And uh, okay, you know, we'll talk about uh, it until we're there, ready to unveil think, everything. Okay, the, but, all the listeners are like, what the hell yeah. are these guys talking about? Just shut up. Okay, segue. That's a good like real life question of the week, though. Uh, you know, the flames and how that works. I yeah, I, I have to think. Uh, temperature's not gonna. Temperature's not gonna affect them unless you go somewhere fire. really cold, and then then you got to worry about possible possible freezing temps yeah or if you throw water on him is he hot enough so that the water just turns into vapor like yeah, as soon as it definitely definitely i have to would think so because otherwise people would just like like he would be useless in the rain like he wouldn't be able to be any he wouldn't even be able to fly around or anything that's a good point i mean uh, it's like it's like battling a fire right like if you if you put water on a fire it could just end up making it grow and get uh and and, and get bigger but enough water will eventually take it down. So I guess it depends on on the, the duration. You know, if this is like a flash flood in Texas type situation, then yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think you would be in trouble. You know who else is really hot? Who's that? Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Whoa, that came out of nowhere, man. That's that was an, an incredible transition. Tilt. Tilda Swinton. Okay, so this you know we always joke about how like news hits like right after we stop recording. This hit like literally like two like maybe a couple seconds after we stopped. We hit the stop button <laughs> on our on our last podcast. Uh, a really interesting bit of casting news: Tilda yeah. Swinton, who's really just known as you know a top flight actress, maybe not so much in generating dollars for movie studios, but uh, you know but just, just a, a master good, of the craft, a master of the craft, uh, a, a right. truly great actress. And I, and I do believe that um, being cast in the Dr. Strange movie, which already has an actor in it. Who's also very well regarded Benedict Cumberbatch. Who the Cumberbatch. I, I can't even get through that guy's Batches. name without thinking it's just made up. Um, anyway, so dude, uh, there's a lot of interesting parts to this. You know, the first time I read it, I was like, oh, Tilda, Tilda Swinton, that's that's awesome. That's like a great get. For Marvel, it kind of continues their uh, progression uh, as far as like, you know, bringing in really top flight actors to play some of these comic book roles. Uh, but the more you delve into it, the more interesting it becomes because she's actually playing a character who's traditionally male in the comics. Uh, the ancient one, right? Is that did I have that right? Right, right. ancient one, male. Uh, so, so win for for women. So that was my first right? reaction. I was like, she's playing a male character. Check marks. Super cool. Bing. She's also like the perfect person because she's kind of androgynous, and there's like this yeah. online meme of her possibly maybe even being just David Bowie. We don't know. <laughs> there's, it, they've never been David in the same Bowie? part, the same same place at the same time. I've uh, never seen them together. Exactly, uh, but. But then the other part of me started thinking, well, how much of a win is this? Because the Ancient One was not only a man, but he was an Asian character, one of the few in the Marvel Universe. Um, and few Tilda relative Swinton, to everyone else, right? So, yeah. Tilda Swinton, you guys might not know this. Don't let, you know, don't let her looks fool you. She's not Asian. She is a tremendous actress, not Asian. Not even close. Um, not, yeah. 
Her and Emma Stone, both not Asian. <laughs> so this, to me, seemed like a half victory, if you can even call it that. I don't know. I, I found yeah, myself feeling kind of weird about it because we finished, we pretty much ended the show last week. Or maybe maybe we didn't end it, but we talked about no, this. No, I think we did. Oh, so we did we end did it. it. Uh, talking yeah. about the lack of Asian characters in comic books. And here we go again with an Asian character right. basically being, uh, you know, the... The, the background, the the heritage, the nationality of the character being the completely the character, yeah. erased. I don't know. Do yeah, you, it's... How do you feel about that? It's such an interesting move. Again, I mean, I'm going to echo the same thing, but like, yeah, okay, so you've taken a traditional male character, made a woman that character. Okay, cool. Diversity. Neat. Um... But, you know, it's really interesting move, even from a financial standpoint, because if you're Marvel Studios, if you're Kevin Feige, you definitely want to get into, like, the Chinese market. That's where all the money's going these days. Right. Uh, for Iron Man 3, they shot an entire scene that was not released in the American version of the film that references China somehow. And that was released in the Chinese version of the film. And wasn't there? Was it Transformers that Transformer? Yeah. The most recent Transformers film with um, with Mark Wahlberg. The entire final part of the film, the last hour, is all. It all takes place in China, and it really you could have made that whole movie without that part. It's clear that they just tacked that thing on to push the international right. dollar um, uh, earning potential for the film, and it worked. So here's my question. If I'm Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige and, and whoever else is involved with the film, here is a natural, organic opportunity to bring in an Asian character, an Asian actor, to play a role in the comic that is an Asian character, comic book character, and you bring in a white woman. <laughs> it's just an interesting choice. Uh, you know, there's I can't even think of a of an Asian character in any of the Marvel. Oh, you know what? The one of the guys from the Thor movies, um, the Warriors three, like Thor's friends. I think one of those guys is Asian and he's yep. in the first film. In the second film, he's literally in the first five minutes and then he's not in the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's just... the only example I can think of. Here was a a totally organic way to really nail an Asian actor into this role. And they just went a completely different direction with it. So it's a, it's an, it's an interesting choice. It is, especially since, you know, I definitely understood why some, you know, Asian characters from some of the comics from like the sixties and seventies weren't put into the to the movies i'm really thinking mostly about mandarin the here. mandarin uh, yeah just because you know in in the comics um it was obviously a different time yeah, and the way little, it was portrayed real, yeah little, little itty bitty getting into the realm of races maybe. i think i think you're putting it lightly i think it was yeah. pretty definitely uh racist portrayal yeah. i mean maybe it wasn't so much like mickey rooney and breakfast and tiffany's but it, it was still pretty bad um and by the way, if you guys have never seen Breakfast and Tiffany's, that, that always just like 
weirds me out when I see that scene. How do people gloss over that? Like it's, it's so weird to me. Like it's just like, like okay, a normal romantic movie, and then like that hits your screen, and you're just like, it's what just the so fuck? weird. Okay, and so like you and I, we went, we were in college in the early 2000s, right? And almost every college girl, yeah, Breakfast at Tiffany's, love it, movie poster up on their wall, like, like all about Audrey Hepburn. But like no one ever talks about that part of the film. It's so weird. It's like. It's like if we pretend it does, it's not there, then it doesn't exist. It's, it's I, a really well, strange. Yeah, story. I mean, people do talk about it, but I think it's essentially like, oh, I like this movie so much, I just have to pretend that that part's not there. Um, <laughs> but whatever. I mean, it's it's there. So if you go back and watch it, it's it's definitely there, and it's it's kind of hard to watch. Um, but the timing of this is also interesting because there was a lot of news about Cameron Crowe's recent movie and the casting of Emma Stone as Aloha. an Asian woman. Uh, the movie's called Aloha. It also is getting like awful, awful reviews. Um, I think it was at twenty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, not that's... surprised. Um, uh, and you know he got a lot of flack for it because, of course, <laughs> it's a little weird when you cast Emma Stone to play an Asian. Um, she, now, now to be fair to Cameron Crowe, she's a quarter Japanese. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but but no, I'm just kidding. It, it's terrible. The, it, just a small aside, have you seen um, like the press photo that's going around of Cameron Crowe? No. And kind of like his apology? No. He looks like Droopy Droopy the dog from Looney Tunes. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like his, his face looks ridiculous. I mean, I... I I suspect that he's sincere in his apology, except that why did you even do this to begin with? Yeah, right. And um, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what's behind Marvel's Marvel's thought process here. Maybe, maybe they're just really trying to distance themselves from those portrayals of like you know Orientalism and Asian characters in past comic books. But I feel like you could still, you know, cast Asian characters and 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 bring a more uh, a positive portrayal positive and nuanced portrayal yeah. right right uh but you know just like erasing it all together seems like a seems like a strange choice they already did that with with mandarin in the movies um in the iron man movie you know i thought it was actually kind of cool the way they did it and it was some people really hated it and i can totally see their point um but in the end it just it wasn't it wasn't a chinese character as the mandarin is and um I don't know. I find it a little troublesome. Uh, we talked a lot on this show about how, you know, we applaud Marvel uh, for increasing the diversity of of their of their casts, and uh, not just in the movies, but also in the actual comics. You know, there's a female Thor now. Um, they're obviously Captain America is black. Captain America is yeah. black. They're obviously addressing some of these things, but the one area where they are really behind still is in. Asian American faces or just Asian faces, um, both both on TV and film and in the publishing side of and it, and all of it. And yeah. I I, I do kind of wonder if they're ever going to address it because it's becoming pretty pretty uh, pretty clear that they're just changing a lot of the backstories of all these characters and and erasing all of their Asian heritage and background. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they go moving forward. Maybe they'll utilize another opportunity somewhere down the line where, you know, for instance, there's a character named Iron Fist uh, that's gonna be getting his own Netflix series, and that that's a traditionally uh, Caucasian character. But maybe they go Asian there. I right. don't I don't know. 
But even then, it's like he's kind of like a kung fu guy, so that's still kind of stereotypical, even if they did it there. I don't know. Maybe they'll make Luke Cage. No, they won't. <laughs> you know, um, one one show that does that does have Asian Americans in it was Daredevil, uh, but of oh, course, yeah. not the greatest depiction because they were just kind ninjas? of ch- ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The 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 Japanese ninjas and the Chinese uh, mafia. Yeah, Madame the Triad. Gao. The triad. Uh, at least Madame Gao, by the way. Hot news. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that might be your hottest take ever on the show. Didn't see that coming at all. You didn't see that coming? Oh, yes, dude. <laughs> Keeping it going. Um, um, all right, well, anyway, um, Tilda Swinton, you know, outside of the fact that it's a little troublesome that uh, Marvel's, you know, is just stepping away from from casting Asians uh, in these roles. Uh, I will say that uh, in general, um, having someone who's that good of an actress in one in yeah. one of your movies is is a great move. And I mean, already with her and Cumberbatch, I mean, that's those are two two big yeah, like those are heavy hitters, suspected names. Yeah, um, definitely. And that makes you know, I think Doctor Strange is definitely one of those movies coming up on on our radar in the future that that looks really intriguing because of the casting choices they made definitely i'm really curious to see like when we get the first trailer of that what it's gonna look like because it you know i don't know it, it it can't be like ant-man right it has to be more like maybe the first thor i don't know it's i have no idea what to expect from that film at this point but yeah, yeah. getting t swints is a huge get for marvel either way um Little background you know. on the ancient one, by the way. He's the mentor of Doctor Strange, and right. um, so uh, I guess she's going to be in direct contact with Doctor Strange. Pretty prominent role. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Zig. Sorry for the interruption, but kind of wanted to try something new this week. We just got a little bit of late breaking news and wanted to play some top secret audio that the comic book characters podcast was able to acquire you may have heard this little bit of news this week that samuel l jackson talked about the fact that he is at least not rumored to be in captain america 3 civil war sounds like he's not going to be in the movie because he was quoted saying i'm not in captain america 3 i can't figure that out but i'm not I guess I'm still out there trying to figure out what happened to S.H.I.E.L.D. and who these other people are. Sounds like Nick Fury's kind of bummed out that he's not in the movie. And uh, we here at Combo Characters did a little digging and were able to find some top secret audio. A meeting between Samuel Jackson and Marvel Studios Prez, Kevin Feige, where Kevin dropped the news to Sam that uh, he wasn't going to make the cut for Civil War. Let's give it a listen. Hey Sam, I just want to thank you for coming in, man. I I really do appreciate it, and uh, you know I just want to say right off the bat, uh, thank you so much for being in the Avengers, man. You've been you've been awesome, and I uh, just uh, really glad we hired you. You're a big part of the success of this franchise. You're a smart motherfucker. That's right. Um, I have a bit of bad news for you though. Um, you know what? I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, you will not be in Captain America: Civil War. Fuck you. Okay, uh, no, we don't need to, we don't need to go there with, with the language. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. All right, Sam, look, I, I understand that you're upset, I get it, you know, you want to be in the movie, 
you've been a big part of the series so far, but I'm sorry, man. We just, we have too many damn characters on here. I mean, we got Hawkeye. Does he look like a bitch? Yeah, okay, yes, kind of. I mean, yeah, I see your point, but, you know, he's still... We gotta put him in the movie, he's still alive. Uh, you know, we also got Black Widow. I told you, you should've killed that bitch. Yeah, well, we're not gonna do that, okay? We already got so much shit just for not even having a movie about her, so we're not gonna kill her, okay? Y'all to be ashamed of your goddamn self. Again, again, Sam, I'm, I'm really sorry, man. Fuck you! We're gonna try our best to get Nick Fury back into the cinematic universe. Fuck you! Well, I don't know what else to say to you, Sam, except that I'm really sorry that you're not gonna be in probably the highest grossing film of all time. You owe me some money, motherfucker! Wow, scintillating, scintillating audio right there. And you heard it here first, guys. Comic book characters. Let's get back to the show with your host, Ig and L. So you, you mentioned Daredevil, and I'm sorry I destroyed your beautiful segue. Um, <laughs> Uh, so they actually, they've of course announced that they're doing a season two and before, you know, I think a few podcasts ago, we talked about what we'd like to see in a season two. And I think one of the things that we talked about actually was maybe seeing other Marvel characters introduced like the Punisher. That's uh, right. and it was just, uh, released, I think within the last week or so, uh, the actor, John Barenthal, <laughs> Barenthal, Burnthal. That is not a fan of that last name. Um, yeah, it needs to get on that. Needs to, like Johnny Burns? Johnny Burns. Know. Johnny Burns, uh, most notable from, I think, The Walking Dead. He played Shane. That's right. Um, Sheriff uh, Rick. Rick's best friend, Shane. Um, and he's going to be the Punisher. It's huge news. <laughs> uh, the internet went crazy for about like three to four hours. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with that, with that, which is, a, which is, you know, the internet is kind of like dog years. It's like one hour in internet time is like a month in the old news cycle. Um, so maybe I was behind, but um, is this the first that we're hearing that Punisher is going to be in Daredevil? Yeah. Okay. Because it's not just the casting news, but it's also the fact that he's going to be in Daredevil season two. Right. Not I mean, only that. Yeah. I think he's going to have a really prominent role because the logo for Daredevil Season 2 is literally the Daredevil logo with bullet ho bullet holes in it. That's great. I actually have a friend saying that he's more psyched now for Punisher versus Daredevil than Batman versus Superman, and I kind of have to agree wow. with Wow. Yeah, that's... And here's the thing. I mean, the Punisher and Daredevil are important Marvel characters. That like, They definitely are, but they're not on the same level as... Spider-Man, Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man, you know, Thor. Not at all, probably. Right. They're, they're, they're B-level, you know. And, and, and they almost feel kind of removed from those characters, too, because, like, there's just... Yeah, they're, no, they're you know. street-level. They're street-level right, characters. Right. And they're great, and I'm not... This is not me disparaging them at all. Like, if your favorite combo character is Punisher or Daredevil, that's not a bad choice. There's really great stories for both of those characters out there to enjoy. But... The fact that, you know, like your friend, and I'm sure a lot of other people have this sentiment, the fact that now you have comic book fans getting hyped about a Daredevil Punisher matchup and versus or whatever, and that's on the same level as DC's top two guys. Yeah. Like. 
That well, kind of I mean, shows yeah. you where Marvel and DC are right now. Yeah, and that was just a, a friend of mine's opinion. He was he sent it to me on but a text, and I don't even know how 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 uh, how honest he was being. But you know, it, it did make me think, and I and I I responded that you know I think that's actually at least for me kind of true. Like I I'm I'm way more psyched about that than I am about Batman versus Superman. I mean, yeah, where, where, I, mean I mean, what about you? Uh, where do you I, kind of no, say? I I think well, based on the groundwork that they laid uh, with Daredevil season one. Um, and especially the way they did all the action sequences in that show, I'm all, uh, all aboard, all on board for whatever Punisher versus Daredevil is going to be. Like yeah, that. I think it's more of a statement of the the context, right? Because with Batman and Superman, it feels very much like not necessarily starting over, but like you don't like we don't really know what to expect. I mean, we kind of do, I guess, from from some of the Superman or from the last Superman movie to kind of get get the feeling, but it's still unclear like how Batman's going to fit into that and if it's going to work at all. Um, and there's obviously been a lot of questions, uh, with, with well, and the, and the trailer doesn't necessarily give you a whole lot of hope in some ways, I think. Right. Right. Uh, um, but with, with Punisher, like we know, we know what that world is, you know, we just, so, you know, a lot of us who just watched that whole first season. And as long as it kind of keeps up with that, you know, with, with that consistency, um, introducing a character, like the Punisher, who's one of you know the big names in Marvel, uh, to that world is just super exciting because you know it's just introducing someone into a world that we're already all invested in and interested in. Um, whereas with Superman and Batman, like I just don't know. Like it's just it, it feels so. It's brand. a wild card. Yeah. It's 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 an unknown. And you know one thing I can say I can uh, complete. I'm going to guarantee this. So timestamp. This is Alfred guaranteeing. Here it is. You will not. You will not hear the Punisher go. Do you bleed? <laughs> you will. You won't hear that. That's not going to happen in Daredevil season two. Um, that was you know, good it's exciting. Though. It's exciting. It's exciting. Um, so, I know you're not a big fan of Walking Dead, the TV show. Yeah, I was uh, going to so go into something on that. I'm, I'm really not. I don't really. I'm not that big of a fan of that show. We don't need to go into it, though. I guess we could because it, you know, it Walking was originally Dead is a huge comic book. It was originally a comic book. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, but I never read the comics, so I can't really, yeah. I can't really talk about that. But I, um, I just couldn't get into the show. I, I have heard that the show has turned a corner from some people saying that, like, recently it's been good, or maybe like the previous season was good, but. I just don't want to invest four or five seasons to get to that yeah. point because I just I could get into it at first. I just thought it really wasn't doing anything all that different or new um, with the zombie genre. And I don't know what was going on that first season, but some of the acting was just like yeah, the acting and, and the writing can be a bit labored uh, in but Walking I, Dead. But I will say, John Bernthal um, was to me like one of the one of the standouts on that show. I really liked what he did and. And the little that I saw of him on that show, um, I feel like this is a good choice. I think he could definitely bring that kind of like brooding, uh, you know, vigilante type. Just kind of shoot first, ask questions later. Shoot character. first, like, yeah, I, exactly. I, I, uh, I, I think, totally I think he that. would make a really good Frank Castle. So um, I think that's a good choice. Another good casting decision by Marvel. They're, they've just been on such a damn roll. Yeah, um, I'm really curious to see if Ant-Man pans out on any level because – I mean, if it does, then it's it's almost like Marvel's kind of invincible at that point. It's um, incredible. And, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why they're not so worried about getting, you know, Asian characters in because they don't, 
I mean, they're just they're just doing gangbusters right now. I don't think necessarily right. they necessarily want to mess with the game plan. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, you're right. I kind of agree with you. It seems like a no brainer to to try and go into the Asian market a little bit more. But hell, they're they're probably doing really well in that market anyway, even without yeah, those characters. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, excited about this news. Excited about the next season of Daredevil. You know, you know who else uh, we're gonna see in season two of Is that? Daredevil? You see a little bit more of Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa, that's right. The uh, Wilson Fisk's uh, girlfriend? girlfriend. Can we? I mean, uh, I don't know. They, I don't. I don't, I don't know if they. I don't know if they oh, use yeah. labels then. Well, well, but he. You know what? He loved her, so he was going to put a ring on it. So that's true. Um, <laughs> you brought up Vanessa because we actually got an email from one of our loyal listeners, probably our most loyal listener, uh, Tommy D. Still don't know if I can use this guy's last name. Maybe. Oh, actually, yeah. yeah, I actually heard from him, and he said he didn't mind. Um, so I guess he wants it. All on right. The air. How do you, how Time, do you Tommy Dybul. Dybul. Uh Tommy mm-hmm. Dybul writes us. Uh, he actually wrote us in response to might've been a couple of the podcasts ago when we were talking about daredevil and yeah, you and I both agreed that Vanessa wasn't the strongest character, uh, at least in our eyes. We just, uh, uh, you, you, you brought up the point and I agreed with you that, um, you know, she just didn't have the, the kind of backstory that a lot of the other characters had. Uh, and so because of that, we just didn't really know what to make of her. Uh, Tommy offers a bit of a counterpoint, uh, writing us, uh, this week. And I thought I'd read, uh, Tommy's email. Um, Please do. All right, so here we go. Uh, you guys noted that you felt the Vanessa character was flat. I, however, beg to differ. She was one of the characters that was most like her comic book counterpart. There's an issue. There's an issue during Bendis's run uh, where she kills every one of Wilson's lieutenants because they betrayed him. Uh, maybe that should have been a spoiler alert. I don't know. Uh, including their own son. She's cold. She's strong and loves Fisk with a furious power. In the show, they depict that incredibly well right from their first meeting. While the initial dates are held with hesitation and concern, she sees him for who he really is, and her infatuation does not waver or die. The love is strong, and she falls right in, just as he has with her. It's possible they didn't explore that enough in the show itself, but to an extent that makes the enigma of her that much more enchanting. She loves slash respects slash backs up his complete conviction in his ideals. She makes him stronger. She builds him up to be the kingpin. That scene of her choosing the mm. wardrobe makes her the power behind his fist. Or power behind his fisk. Oh! If you're a fan of puns. And yes, Tommy, we are. Uh, scoreboard. That was a good one. Uh, Tommy won. Yeah. <laughs> it's really because of her that he realizes who he is and that he's able to shake off his shadow and become his destiny. All right, here's the last bit. I urge you to go back and watch their first scene together at the end of episode three. When she's talking about Rabbit in a Snowstorm to him as just a potential client she describes her entire outlook on life and i quote people always ask me how we can change so much for what amounts to gradations of white i tell them it's not about the artist's name or the skill required not even about the art itself all that matters is how does it make you feel and quote wilson makes her feel loved it's not about what he does who he is where he's from she loves him she'll back him up and make him the best person he can be no matter who that person is and that's that's Tommy's take. That's that's a dude, good take. He's coming strong with that one. That was <laughs> that was terrific. Take. I wasn't expecting all of that, but his whole rabbit in the snowstorm yeah. analogy. Like I didn't really put those two together, but it's a it's a really good way of looking at it. Um, you know, the the final line of how does it make you feel? And yeah. uh, tying that to her relationship with 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 Fisk. Um, 
Tommy, thanks for the note. Uh, I will say I feel kind of bad because I don't know a whole lot about Vanessa's character from the comic books. I would imagine, though, if you're really familiar from the com- with her from the comic books, that this this character or her, her de- depiction on the show probably felt like a more well-rounded character. For me, coming into it, just watching the show and not having that background, um, I didn't quite see it as well as you did, but um, I can certainly appreciate that with 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 that background and having that knowledge that that it makes the experience even more even more well-rounded and and you get to see her character a little bit better than than someone like I can. Yeah, I really like Tommy's point about um how she basically strips Fisk of any um uh hesitation or or um I can't think of the right word at the moment, but you know where where he he doubts himself any self doubt. She strips him of of his self doubt, and yeah. she her faith in him gives him even more conviction to do what he's doing. And that's a really good point. Um, but but you know uh, to get back to our point though that we were making before, mm-hmm. that's all well and good, but it seems like so much in service of Fisk's character, which is important because he's the main villain, right. but doesn't necessarily tell us that much about her. I mean, it about tells us her. something, yeah. but we don't, we like, we still don't have that backstory. She's one of the few characters on that show uh, who That's didn't true. really get that backstory. And I'm, I'm, I'm still curious to, to learn well, more. And it's interesting to get Tommy's take about her, uh, you know, being a certain kind of character in the comics and, and, and um, knowing the comic character yeah, so well. Right. right. Um, well, you know, we'll see in season two. I'm sure they're going to flesh her out quite a bit more on the show. Uh, just, uh, uh, on you know, what are your thoughts on how the Punisher's involvement is gonna play out in Daredevil? What do you what do you think is gonna happen? Do you have any thoughts? Um, I guess they're gonna you know they're gonna do a whole Daredevil versus Punisher storyline. Um, yeah. And you think yeah. Go ahead. I was say, do you think maybe Kingpin is gonna hire him as like a hired gun? That's an interesting take. I don't know if they're gonna have Kingpin be. Like I, I just I don't know if Kingpin is going to take a back seat in season two if we're just not going to see mm. much of him, or if he's still going to stay the kind of the main villain. Um, I think if you're introducing the Punisher, such a big time character, you can really make the storyline about those two guys butting heads for a while at least. Um, yeah, definitely. And um, you know there might be um, there was talks about bringing Bullseye in, right? Isn't there? Wasn't there? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, news broke last week, and actually this was an original talking point for our podcast this week, uh, was that Jason Statham had been, uh, they had signed him to play Bullseye in season two, which would have been an amazing get uh, as well from Marvel. Uh, but since then, he's apparently refuted that um, rumor and says he wants nothing to do with any superhero films. Um, which is interesting because I did a little digging and it turns out back in like 08 or 09, he was in talks to actually play Daredevil in either a movie or a TV show. So I'm a little curious as to what happened there, what changed, why he changed his mind. Um, You know, I've said this before, but I think one of the most important things that Marvel seems to do when they're signing up these actors is they get people who actually want to play these roles and are passionate about the roles that they're playing. Uh, you definitely don't want uh, as good of a get as it would be for Jason Statham to be bullseye. If he doesn't want any part of it, uh, you don't want him in that role then. Right. So, I mean, at this point we know 
I mean, it seems like well, Punisher is going to be in it. We, I think we, is it confirmed that Elektra is going to be in this next season? I believe um, so. Yeah. So really, I mean, you know, these are kind of two. That's enough, really. That, that's enough, but you know, it's also like two characters that kind of straddle the line between good and bad, right? I mean. Oh, definitely. So yeah. like we don't, you know, we don't know. I mean, but that that makes them more interesting because you can really introduce them in as in in either alignment and then kind of you know play the characters off of each other. Exactly. Um, so I'm not sure, man. Uh, if if Kingpin is really involved in the next season, I I could certainly see uh, that storyline taking shape. But I don't know if that's if that's too much of a too much of a bad guy alignment for Punisher to be introduced. You know what I mean? Like, can you really come right. back from that? <laughs> um, but then again, he's always been kind of an anti-hero. Well, so well here's the thing. Um, the first appearance of Punisher in the comic books, right, is in Amazing Spider-Man 129, where he's hired to kill Spider-Man. <laughs> there you go, dude. That's why... So. That's why you're 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 a co-host on this show because you bring up shit like that, and that's from like personal experience from actually reading that comic. So, oh yeah, um, uh, yeah, that's a good um, point. And you know, it does it does kind of fit his background, but uh, I just don't know if on the TV show they're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna introduce him that way. Um, right. But we'll see, man. I don't know. I'm 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 super excited about Daredevil season two. Big fan of the first season. Uh, I really took my time watching it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to control myself when it comes back to season two, though. I might right? just like binge watch. You know, it's so funny because because we're we, you know, we've always been talking about like it's an hour per episode. It's not really the kind of show you marathon. And we're like, you know, kind of thumbing our noses a little bit at people that watch like the whole thing in one day. <laughs> and but now it's like um, I kind of want to watch like eight episodes in a row. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I wish um, I could just do that the rest of the day. So we'll see. Um so in terms of Marvel's uh, kind of just jumping ship here to Marvel's publishing side, uh, Marvel's been getting a lot of uh, publicity over their Secret Wars storyline, right. um, yeah. which is going to be this huge, not necessarily rebooting. They've been very adamant about it not being a reboot. They don't want to use that phrase. Uh, I think they kept saying that it's an additive right. Um, right. kind of event, but... It looks like they're going to be folding in some characters from maybe the MCU and the Ultimate Marvel Universe as well as others into the Marvel Universe proper. Um, it's huge, a it's a big thing. thing. Like they're essentially trying to kind of rebrand, um, not not too dramatically because you still have all the all the famous characters essentially somewhat right. tweaked, uh, but they're calling it the all new, all different Marvel. Marvel. Um, and it's a big, and big thing that they're rolling out. Sorry to interrupt you there, but uh, oh no. but you know it's something that I, <laughs> there's there's kind of info. Sorry, there's kind of like info still coming out on it. No, um, no, go ahead. But uh, yeah, and you know it'll be something that we'll talk about. I'm sure in the next couple of podcasts. But so far we have a little bit of info, um, and I'll let you go back to your point. Yeah, you to... sound so excited right now. I don't know, you know, if everyone else out there can hear it. Your voice is basically trembling with excitement. With excitement, and that's it's because. Not. The first thing that we talked about before we started recording this morning was pretty much this bit of news. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just let you take it from oh, here man. and uh, let you have your moment. So Appreciate that. Go ahead, Ig. Um, so the, the, the rebranding that we were talking about, um, the, a, a big part of it, at least, you know, we don't know a whole lot at this point. 
Um, I mean, I guess you do if you know if you're following the Secret Wars storyline. But um, you know, Marvel's going to be coming out with more information about just what their comic series is going to look like for the next. I think they said something like 50 years. And one of the big takeaways for me is that at leading the way as the new face of Marvel is Iron Man <sighs> displacing Spider-Man as the new face of Marvel. And, uh, dude, when I told you this, you were like, man, you're just making this shit up. And I was yeah. reading you all these quotes. And totally like, sound like you're making it up. None of this is true. Like, this is bullshit. I'm going to read you guys a quote. And uh, it's actually from, um, geez, I always forget the guy's name, but he's, uh, I think it's Tom Brevoort, works for Marvel Comics. Uh, Brevoort. 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 Yeah, he's a senior vice president. I read this, I read this quote to you and you were like, dude, you're fucking with me. Here it is. I think Iron Man's prominence is something pretty much everybody who encounters Marvel and every other medium already knows, said Brevoort. While the masked head of Spider-Man has historically been most associated with Marvel as a de facto mascot, in the last 10 years, in every field outside of publishing, Iron Man is Marvel Comics. If you're talking about the people who see the films, buy the t-shirts, or merchandise, watch the television shows, it all comes back to Shellhead. We're going to make a concerted effort with all new, all different Marvel to make Iron Man the forefront of the comic books universe as it is elsewhere. Dude, it's... It's over. The Spider-Man era is fucking dead. Long live the king. Iron Man, top of the goddamn mountain. And I couldn't be happier, dude. When I started collecting Iron Man comics, nobody gave a shit about this guy. All right? He was, like, so down the line. He was, yeah. like... I mean, fuck, dude. I think when I started collecting Darkhawk comics, he was probably more popular than Iron Man. All of a wow. sudden now, because of the movies, and I'm giving all the credit here... To fucking John, John Favreau. Even before him, John Favreau. Yeah. Swingers, dude. Oh, yeah? Not from, I mean, not the movie Swingers, but the guy from Swingers. Yeah. You know, putting that movie together, casting Robert Downey Jr., who happens to be a friend of his, and just crushing that whole series. Well, that's, I mean, maybe not, maybe not the second movie, but, uh, you know, that character, I think definitely you can make, the case, and I've, I've done it before, that that really saved Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and really kind of like catapulted Marvel to where it is now, with the Avengers and with 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 the way that they've kind of changed their storytelling, uh, and we're seeing that now bleed into the comics world. Um, and dude, I'm I'm just so psyched. You know, finally my guy is at the top. <sighs> yeah, your guy uh, has been dethroned. How, I mean, how's it feel to to, to be a loser? Uh, well, yeah, this wouldn't be the first time. Um, you know, uh, I, <laughs> I, I have no snarky comment. There's nothing I can say because everything you've said is true. Um, you know, Iron Man changed the game for Marvel Studios, and I, I love Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Tony Stark in Iron Man. I've liked what Marvel has produced since then, and none of that would exist without. John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. and so on. So I can't even be that mad about it. It makes sense. It makes sense for uh, for Marvel to go in this direction on the publishing side. 
Um, Iron Man is insanely popular amongst the kids and adults. I would still argue that Spider-Man merchandise outsells Iron Man merchandise uh, by quite a bit. But is that true? Uh, that being said, you know this was kind of inevitable, and and. Yeah, I, I don't know where Brevoort's getting that from because I, I do recall looking at a, a survey study as of 2014 at least. Uh, Spider-Man merchandise uh, overall outsold um, Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man, Batman, and Superman put together. So You must have just uh, looked that up. But no, I swear <laughs> there was a study. I'll, I'll try to find it and maybe we'll link it up to the thread later. But um, but that's fine. It, it it's it totally makes sense on a business side and, and an artistic side to push Iron Man. Uh, I hope that the publishing comic version of Iron Man can live up to what they're doing on the cinematic side because they just nail the character cinematically. Right. Um, so the other thing, I, oh, sorry, Spidey I, had I a good run. <laughs> well, the, you know, the other thing I was going to bring up is that, um, and it's something I, you know, I'd love people to chime in on um, on our Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Neil before pod or, or even write us on Twitter if you need, uh, if you want, or on, on Gmail, we're at cbcharacters at gmail.com uh, is, you know, if, if, if you guys are okay, I guess, with this trend of, you know, this is probably Marvel coming out, uh, I guess the most, how could I say this? Uh, I guess the, the, the strongest stance they've ever taken in, in saying that, the, you know the, the movie universe is really influencing the comic book universe it's dictating it's, i wouldn't even say influence yeah. i would say it's almost dictating at this point yeah that's an even stronger way of putting it and i, and I think that's right i mean you look at they did they did release some of the uh images for what some of their characters will look what characters will look like and ant-man for Moving example forward. looks exactly like yeah. the movies um Side and, note: uh, Daredevil is all black now and looks really badass. Uh, he's got some like red trim. Like I don't know. We were just talking about how cool he looked. He uh, looks so cool. Um, and we'll throw the images up on the thread as well. Uh, uh, one notable thing, and this is something we can maybe talk about in another podcast. It's kind of a big, bigger topic, but you know, in terms of X Men characters and Fantastic Four characters, which are owned by Fox, yeah. in terms of cinematically. Not very prevalent in the new, all new, all different Marvel. I mean, there's the thing I think is there. Maybe Human Torch. There's a female there's like Wolverine. A female version of Wolverine. Got old and man an Logan. old Wolverine, old man Logan. Um, but that's it, really. I yeah. mean, and you're talking about like the X Men, who are one of the most, uh, you know, important comic book characters and comic team in the history of comics. And the Fantastic Four, which were like the first superhero team uh, in terms of Marvel. So, uh, you know, it's it's kind of interesting to see what the films are doing to the publishing side. And yeah. we definitely, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, everyone out there in the CBCU, give us your thoughts. Like, are you liking this trend? Do you like the opportunities it affords? Would you rather them be separate, completely separate, um, kind of the way it looks like DC is doing? Um, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you like it? Do you hate it? We want to know. Yeah, let us know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of really curious to, to hear what people have to say about that too, because it seems like, um, on one hand, it might be kind of cool to have a consistent storyline, but the, on the other hand, um, it might cut down on some of the more creative storylines that really go against the grain with, with, with the things that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is trying to accomplish. Yeah. 
So, like, for instance, and this will be the last thing I'll say on this, you know, if you extrapolate kind of what happened with Ant-Man and Edgar Wright, who had this supposedly amazing script for Ant-Man, he ultimately left the project because Marvel Studios were like, no, you have to do this, this, and that in order for the film to fit in to the rest of their cinematic universe. Well, if the cinematic universe starts dictating what the publishing side does, does more of that happen? Right. Where... You know, the writers and artists are like, oh, I want to do this cool, innovative thing with, you know, Speedball. And they're like, no, you can't do it because da 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 da. We right. got, you know, Brad Pitt to play him in a movie and, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, that's just a lot. I mean, that's just my take on it. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it definitely is. And, um, you know, I don't know what this news means for Darkhawk, but um, I'm assuming it's not good because I don't think we're going to be seeing him in a movie anytime soon. Uh, but then again, maybe that means that they can just do whatever the hell they want with the comic world, you know, the comic version of him, if the comic version of him is even still alive. I'm not sure. I'm sure he'll be flying through the skies sooner than later, my friend. <laughs> um, so the last thing, and this is actually something you brought to my attention uh, that I wanted to talk about this week, is there is an ungodly amount of number of TV shows that feature or 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 uh, adjacent to <laughs> superheroes, yeah, uh, coming out over the next year or so. There's been, I mean, there's obviously if you go out and look look it up, you can find it pretty easily. Um, a huge list of comic book movies coming out in the next four or five years, um, which is really like pretty pretty huge when you when you take a look at it. Um, Maybe not talked about quite as much um, are the TV shows that are being developed. I thought we could talk about some of them, um, and I'll just mm-hmm. like kind of go through some of them. Maybe just do some just quick takes. Um, yeah. One of them is an untitled X Men project. Uh, apparently, Fox is eyeing an X Men project. I don't know what this could possibly be. Um, uh, Spin off series concepts like X Factor and the New Mutants have been mentioned. Um, and that's something apparently that's still potentially being discussed. Uh, so that's an option. Um, kind of wonder what that would look like. I think X-Men would actually be something that would work really great on a TV series. Cause you could, there's just so many characters to yeah. choose from. You could do just really go into their backstories, yeah, backstories, but also drastically different stories, you know, per episode. Um, right. You could have like different variations of the X Men uh, teaming up for different missions. Um, yeah. You, know, you could just pair off so many different characters. Um, I think that could work really well. I don't know if you, do you remember that cartoon called Mask that was uh yeah from the eighties. Yeah. One of the things I really loved about that show is like at the beginning, they would show you like who who the characters were going to be for that episode. I don't know if you remember that, but like they would they would like I shuffle don't. them up, shuffle them around. It would be different every episode oh okay um so like different episodes would focus on different pairings or different characters yeah i always thought that was cool i never really saw that in any other in any other place but uh okay man then another show um that we have on this list is legends of tomorrow which involves characters from arrow and the flash i know you like both of those shows um this show involves both of those characters but it's really mostly about other characters i'm a little confused by it uh but what, what do you kind of think about it i mean are you are you looking forward to this one um so yeah sky captain in the world of tomorrow right <laughs> <laughs> sure uh, uh legends of the hidden temple um 
here's the thing arrow and flash have both been introducing heroes and villains like all over the place so i guess they figured you know as we introduce these characters we're going to just give them their own show so they'll probably just keep adding to the cast list but um i like arrow and flash quite a bit especially flash actually and um if it's in the same vein as those shows i'm I'm, you know, kind of excited to watch it. I do worry a little bit that maybe the CW is oversaturating their own network, uh, you know, where they're just going to keep doing these kind of shows. And then if they all kind of mishmash together, you might kind of forget what's happening week to week (laughs) between the different plot lines and just, I don't know. Uh, I worry about that. But other than that, I'm I'm kind of on board. I just Uh, think it's weird. It's like, like, I guess we should have like a scale, like... (laughs) don't care will watch it want to watch it can't wait right so i think so, yeah i'm i'm going to say well no, i'm not going to watch it so don't care and he, well, don't care and here's my thing it's like you're almost setting up like a hierarchy right you're like you're saying okay arrow and flash are like the a shows this is like the b right. show right. and like i think that's kind of dangerous it's like these are like the side characters it's almost like making them less important just by definition. So I don't think it's going to draw, I don't think it's going to draw a big crowd. Put me in the want to see it camp or we'll oh, see it. You'll we'll watch anything. We'll dude. Come on. Yeah, uh, do you want to talk about little Brandon Ruth, Brandon Routh, Ruth action there? Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. Brandon Ruth is, I guess, technically the lead of this show. Legends of tomorrow um, of Superman returns fame. Right. So, um, that's right, dude. Uh, and... induction ceremony. Bum, bum, Welcome bum, to bum. the Evans list. Brandon Ruth. You've made it. Yep. Evans list. They're, yeah. They're putting his bus together right now. Uh, let's move on, uh, yeah, to a show. I don't know if this is going to end up happening, but they're talking about Marvel's Defenders being a show. Now, we know about Daredevil. And we know that there's Marvel shows um, being put together for Jessica Jones, for Luke Cage, and for Iron Fist. So we're going to have quite a few shows to watch on Netflix there. Um, Mm. And, you know, each one of those is interesting in itself. But there's also talk about doing an an almost Avengers-style, you know, grouping of those characters once their, you know, their standalone shows end, or at least the first season. And then putting them all together in a show called Defenders. This sounds pretty interesting. It's certainly like part of the Marvel strategy. It feels very much like Avengers, you know, trying to do what Avengers did. That worked like Gangbusters. Not surprising to me that Marvel would try this again using the Marvel characters. They did an awesome job with Daredevil. Um, if they can do a good job with Jessica Jones, which, um, as we've spoken about in the past, will be played by Kristen Ritter. Ritter. Uh, who was in Breaking Bad and who's also in Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Um, if they do a good, good enough job with all those shows, uh, this could Did be... Did you just pull that off the top of your head? Like, by the way, uh, with the... Uh, I'm, I'm actually reading that. No, I, oh, I, I okay. would not have been able to do that. I was to no. say, I would have been really impressed that he would have been like, I'd never miss a sh- an episode <laughs> of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I, this might also be overkill, but... Daredevil was done so well that I think it could work. Uh, I guess the risk is if those other shows aren't as good, um, does it does it kind of hurt the overall product? Does it end up kind of hurting Daredevil if you put them all together? Um, right. 
I don't, I don't know where you stand on this. Uh, There's a lot of risks there. There's a lot of risks for sure. Uh, here's the other question. So we're already going into season two of Daredevil, right? Yeah. Season one of Jessica Jones. I imagine, or maybe Jessica Jones and Luke Cage going to be in the show together, or are they each getting their own show? Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, I, I from what I've heard, it's Luke Cage is getting his, his own, own show. show, but I'm not okay, and entirely Fist, sure about this. Let's just say that they all are getting their own shows. When are all these shows coming out? Right, because right. is it like Daredevil season two next year, and then Jessica Jones season one? And then the year after that, it's Daredevil season three, Jessica Jones season two, Luke Cage season one. Yeah. And then the year after that, it's Daredevil season four, Jessica Jones season two, season three, uh, Iron or Luke Cage season two, Iron Fist season one, and then you know what I mean? Like it's I don't just you're you're creating a jenga. I don't want to even fucking think about the marathon sessions that are going to be going on before this Defender show airs. It's a Jenga tower of, like, insanity. That's that's going to be, like, a full week of just straight on watching all of those shows to just catch up to Defenders. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we're talking about something that, would, if it does happen, would happen, like, I don't know, six, seven years from now, maybe more. Um, so it, it really... And it's the kind of thing you can pull the plug on whenever you want, right? I mean, if... If Luke Cage and Iron Fist are just total bombs, like maybe they don't really go for this Defenders thing. Uh, yeah, or but, maybe maybe they just do one season of each of those other characters and then a Defenders. Right. You know what I mean? But let me let me just go on record here. You know, after watching Daredevil, um, pretty much anything Netflix puts together in the comic book universe, I'm gonna watch it uh, until they uh, until they give me a reason not to. Um, so I'm I'm totally on board with all of these, including Defenders, if that ever happens. You hear that? Faggy, yeah. Netflix, uh, do it. Drew, Drew Goddard, all you guys, take Ig's money. Take it. Take it. It's right there for the taking. It's right there. How about you, man? Are take you the money? I mean, I don't. Take I don't even have to ask you. Of course, you're gonna all watch right. it. You just said so, you're gonna watch uh, it. So, what, what else? What else bullshit. we got? Uh, all right, we got um, a show, uh, uh, yeah. a comic that I know you're um, a big fan of. Preacher. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Preacher, possibly. Yeah, Preacher is what I... I think it's being produced by Seth Rogen, right? That's right, And yeah. some other people. It's either going to be on HBO or Showtime or AMC. AMC. Um, and, uh, like, here's the thing about Preacher. A, it is my favorite self-contained comic book story of all time. So there are 66 issues, I believe, of the comic, and that's it. That's all there is. There's no ongoing anything. There's, there's a couple of miniseries that accompany some of the other characters, but really that's that's all there is to the story. And it's amazing. It's very well written. It, it touches on a lot of different themes. Trying to translate that story to a TV show is going to be difficult. Um, where I think Daredevil is a very well translated show, and um, I think lends itself to it to a Netflix type series. I'm not sure that Preacher translates visually that way, like on a TV show or a movie. Um, I would prefer it in a in a show format because they can do a lot more, uh, get a lot more in depth. But there's a lot of ways that this can go wrong, so I'm a little skeptical, but I'm optimistic. Yeah, uh, uh, it's 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 being uh, made for I guess AMC, which has brought us some really good shows in the past, including Breaking Bad uh, and Mad Men, both Mad shows Man. that I really like. Um, 
so keep our fingers crossed with that one. Um, I don't know. Would you would you would you say that that this kind that preacher um, is better in a, for a TV show format more so than a movie, um, or do you think it would, could work either way? Yeah, definitely a TV show. I mean, I'm glad they're going the TV show route with it um, because there's a lot of nuance to the characters in that story, and I don't think it's something you could really get into in enough detail or depth in a movie. So TV show is definitely the way to go. I just, there's a lot of ways that this can go off the rails. So, uh, yeah. and it's, since it's a story that, since it's a story that I love so much, uh, I, I get a little concerned that they're going to screw it up. Yeah. Uh, moving on another, another show, just to really quickly touch on this one. Um, we mentioned in a previous podcast, static shock, and they're actually talking about Jaden Smith, maybe playing that role, um, on that show. Um, and uh, keep it, oh. keeping it moving. Jaden, um, no. in the news. You know what? Don't. In the pods. It's, it's worse if you mention it. Let's just move on. Oh, sorry. You brought attention to it, so. Oh. Just kidding. That's that's four, in, four in a row now, right? Four in a row. Four in a row. Good job, Jaden. Come on, Jaden. Uh, last one we'll touch LeBron on. LeBron is... got there five times in a row. What can you do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's quite a few other ones, but we'll just touch on this last one, which is Teen Titans. Um there, that's yeah. being talked as possibly being a so TV teen, show. Teen Titans is kind of like the Junior Avengers or the Junior Justice League in the DC universe. Um, there are a bunch of superheroes that are teenagers, and I think this actually could lend itself really well to a TV show because yeah. if you take like the nine hundred two and no aesthetic and just lay that over like a or like lay superhero themes over it, yeah. And that kind of drama, kind of like the OC, like just put in that little splash of weird teen angst and drama into the show. I think it could be really compelling. So this or is like a CW some... type show is what we're talking about. Here. Definitely. Definitely like a CW or Fox kind of weekly drama type show, like almost less action, more more drama. Um, I think it could work really well. I don't know why, but I just I feel like that as a concept would would be easily could easily translate to a network television show yeah i agree man uh i don't see i don't i mean that's the kind of show i would probably not watch just because i don't i don't like any of those shows that you mentioned yeah i don't know actually i don't know if i would want to watch it i just think it's something that you could probably easily do and that could gain a lot of popularity really quickly in terms of like general audience well i mean we saw with the supergirl show that they, you know, DC can kind of, kind of do that that style pretty well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, as far as long as that's what you're looking for. Obviously, for someone like me, I, you know, I, I don't know how many episodes I can sit through of like, you know, basically Gilmore Girls with superheroes involved. Um, but I guess you know it does kind of fit with the aesthetic they're going for with some of these shows. Uh, but anyway, now, there's there's a lot of like other just like smaller. Smaller type comic book shows uh, or comic books that are potentially being talked about for TV shows, and maybe we'll get into the rest of them some other at some other point. But those are some of the big ones. Um, and so here's here's my final. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's fine, man. Go there, for it. My, here's oh yeah. Here's my final question to you. Yeah. For this podcast, for the the whole Hit podcast. It. Yeah. You said like you know you don't know if like for instance Supergirl, which is basically Gilmore Girls or you know right. One Tree Hill or Gossip Girl, whatever all those shows. Uh, but with superheroes, and it's like, yeah, that's not really my cup of tea. But in a way, knowing that there are so many movies, so many TV shows, and still a lot of really great 
uh, well-written comic books coming out, is it a relief in some regard or some aspect that not all of these shows and or movies are necessarily in your wheelhouse? Like, are you like, good, fine, I don't have to watch this show. Like, I have <laughs> like no Like, it's a relief is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, because it's just like trying to keep up with all this stuff. I'm a huge fan. I like that it's all being created. But at the same time, last I checked, still only 24 hours in a day. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, that, that's a good way of looking Hulu at it. Hulu and Netflix being able to kind of watch things, DVR. That's a good way of looking at it, and uh, yeah, you're probably right. I, I don't need another show to watch, um, so it's probably a good thing that when I watched Supergirl, I just kept thinking, yeah, this is terrible. I'm never going to watch this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a sweet, sweet relief. All right, man. When something sucks. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think we hit up on all the points this week. Uh, do you want to like send us off with a little bit of a... Uh, Fun little news here. I, I know you had something okay, that you yeah. wanted to bring up because yeah, uh, it's just it's, a little. It's a big. De- it's a big. T- it's a big deal to you. Well, it's a it's a big deal to anybody growing up in the eighties and nineties reading X Men comic books. Uh, anyone who got introduced to Storm before basically the X Men cartoon, you saw Storm with this kind of badass punk rock, mo like she had a mohawk. She was kind of cool and edgy. Uh, it's they just leaked some photos uh, for the Brian Singer X Men Age of Apocalypse or whatever they're calling it Apocalypse. The storm is going to be in the film A and B. She's going to be sporting that cool ass mohawk. So that's you know cool. Gabba Gabba Hey. I guess uh, that was like the lamest, most <laughs> suburban version of a punk phrase that I think I could have ever said. But <laughs> I'm still I'm still psyched. I wonder if that and, means we're uh, going to see a little bit more. A more like eighties, eighties version of aesthetic. X-Men? I think I think that I, I have a feeling that's what they're gonna go for. So they're we'll just gonna say. wear like the bright ass, <laughs> like yellow suits. It's basically gonna be an episode of Say by the Bell. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we talked about haircuts. We talked about TV shows. We talked about androgynous actors, actresses. I'm sorry. Um, I think we covered all the bases this week. Next week, we'll be back to you guys. With some more news, as always, more takes. I'm sure something huge is about to drop um, in the next few minutes. Um, yeah. But anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Stay super, everyone.